What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, it's DJ EFN. What up, this is Manny Digital, and welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Our crowd has really grown. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're growing by the dozens. Um, Thank you for the studio audience. (laughs) I can't even say that shit seriously. Before I forget, um, something we never came back to. A couple episodes ago, Manny, you you had brought up uh, about the girl who supposedly got kidnapped from her mother, the 16-year-old. Oh, yeah, talk oh, about right. it. And then the next day we found out that it was bogus and we never, Addressed <laughs> we never it. talked about it again. Yeah, so um, fuck that girl. Uh, <laughs> nah, I say I say it sincerely because obviously we look like dicks because we never really addressed it. And we got, we got flim-flam just like everybody else. Right. So, so what actually did happen what did yeah. she get busted for so for those of you living under a rock um so she she staged the entire thing um she got people friends of hers i guess um to kidnap her because her parents said they were moving i want to say it was honduras if i'm not mistaken was the country they were moving to because that's where okay. her, her family's from and she wasn't with it so she was like oh shit let me get kidnapped so i can stay in new york and not did have they to go. hit the? Did they hit the mom? Or did they shoved her? They shoved okay. her. They didn't. They didn't hit her. Um, but then, whatever. I guess the shit got hot since the, sh- the news went fucking crazy, and then she showed up at a parking lot near where they snatched her, and acted all like you know she was all shaken up and shit. But then it got figured out. I think within a day or so, news broke that it was all staged. And then she caught, I, I want to say she caught some charges. I stopped paying attention to it after I heard she got, you know, it was all bullshit. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think she's facing some criminal charges for all the, the bullshit. So, ha, motherfucker. Because, yo, New York was, like, really, like, about this shit. Like, yeah. they were like, yo, everybody was really emotionally yeah, invested. Rappers tweeting about it like protect your women out there and yeah this that, and the other and you know we thinking now like oh this is the type of world we live in now like motherfuckers is just jacking people like like they do in in third world countries right so that shit hurts so now it's like all right well there you go 16 year old enjoy that shit but yeah so- sorry gang um we got flim flammed <laughs> for those that are listening <laughs> made for a good convo <laughs> but yeah, man, but yeah. damn, you invest yeah. so much fucking emotional energy in that shit. Yeah, dude, ridiculous. Yeah, that's why it's all it all ties into like all like this. I, I mean, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm really broadening this, but I'm like all the outrage culture and like the the fake news or headline news and clickbait, and I just feel like it's all in the same you know pile. Like we just we'll take a piece of news and we'll just run with it without even reading the article or. You know, without really knowing, and it's just like we living in some funny times, man. Yeah, I mean, that's true. People don't really read or investigate. It's yeah. You, you see a headline or someone tells you something, and that's that's what you go with. Like that's what's happening. Everybody is when in conversations, like man, you know, shit's crazy nowadays. You know, I saw this thing, and I saw this thing, and I saw this thing, and really, it's a bunch of fake shit they're seeing on Facebook. From let's say whether you're a left or you're a right wing person, and they're pushing this these fake news articles to like you know push an idea, ideology, or agenda, and everybody's like, yeah, man, you know, like like the PizzaGate shit, you know, like right shit that we just don't even. Oh man, they're fucking they're raping kids out there, they're eating pizza. I don't know. If, 
No, but you called it though uh, at the end of that episode. You were like, basically, what you're just saying, right? Like, kind of yeah. like, yo, you can't really take everything you hear as I, as gospel. I, that's, what that's how I feel. I don't, I don't believe almost anything that I read. I read it to be informed of what people are thinking is real. Right. But I feel like unless you see it yourself, and even then, were you drunk? Were you sober? I don't know. Yeah, you, you, know, you, like, you were on your Potsdamish shit on uh, episode 69. By the way, it was episode 69 where that news hit from the fatherhood perspective. So kudos to you, fucking Potsdamish. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the pessimism in me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a... I got a meaty some, one. Pause. Pause. Whoa. Time. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yo, you are. Yeah. Yo, forward it back. Forward it back. What? That's rewind in Jamaican, bro. Come on. You you were a Jamaicans selector. Jamaicans don't say forward it back. Yeah, they. You okay. Nah. You've never heard this? <laughs> I've never. And I hang out with, I've hung out with Jamaicans my whole life. Yo, ja, know, well, no. Wheel it back. Wheel it back. Not forward it back. All right. Look, the, the one Jamaican that I hung out with heavy, he would say, forward it back. Selecta. That was a terrible ask yo, you can't count Drain. Drain is not a real Jamaican. That dude is I'm British. Not counting Drain. I'm talking about legit. Oh. Well, he's from London. <laughs> no, I'm saying he's I mean, I'm telling you, if you go like like if you're technical, he's not like he's he's born in London to Jamaican parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm talking about straight from the island Jamaica. I can't wait to hear flack about this shit on social media. Continue. Sorry, Kay. Continue. Forward it back. Forward it back. <laughs> it's all good. Let me forward it back real quick. <laughs> um, Dominicans, bro. Dominicans. <laughs> so, well, let me start off like this. First, um, Manny, have you noticed in any of your kids, or have you had to deal with any any kind of anxiety issues in it with any of your kids? Yes, my son comes to mind. More than actually, I have two. I, I, the more relevant one, I think, right now is probably my daughter. But yes, I have. Okay. Um, so part of this is I, I don't know if we have any answers, or the, this is just more of a vent. And listeners, if anyone is dealing with anything like this, I'd love to know how people approach this. Um, so I think in a couple episodes, I told you about like how my son tends to not, you know, he's. He's had a couple times where he threw up and like he's got scar tissue about it. Like he's just mad nervous about throwing, throwing up. up. Oh, right. right yeah. Right. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, the, you know, the couple of times that he threw up, it like left, uh, you know, an imprint in his in his brain. And, and so there would be times where he would, uh, you know, he's better. And then there's days after, you know. He'll be a little leery of eating, going somewhere to eat or, you know, associating something with throwing up and he'll get a little nervous and, you know, dad, am I, am I going to be okay? Everything going to be okay? Am I going to throw up? Wow. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it would, it would kind of come in waves where it would be a couple of days. He might do that, you know, every day. It might, might be a little you know, he'd be totally normal and then all of a sudden switch into this scared version of himself where he's worried about throwing up. And then lately, lately it's been like, um, it's been like an everyday thing where, and he's really, uh, and he's, he's a bright kid. He's usually full of energy and talks a lot. And is not, not really a, a afraid kind of kid. Um, but then something will click and he'll shut down and he'll get this look in his eye and this, this demeanor totally changes. And, you know, we can tell something's up and then he'll start with the, am I going to be okay? I'm feeling scared. You know, am I going to throw up because of this? And then it's been this whole trying to talk him down with everything's fine. You're not going to, you know, do you yeah. feel sick? If you don't feel sick, then you're going to be totally fine. There's no reason to be scared. And mm -hmm. just this continual having to reassure him. Um, and it's gotten to the point where, I mean, we, we snapped a couple times. It wasn't like we got crazy, you know, super crazy. But it was to the <laughs> point where uh, we had to try some other kind of tactic, you know. 
it was because sometimes he reacts sometimes he'll react a little bit better if someone's kind of a bit more stern on him mm-hmm. like snap out of it you know yeah. or or threaten him in a sense like look we're not going to go do this if you're going to start acting like this right, you know, right, that right. Kind of thing and he'll try to snap out of it but i don't think that's the right tactic with this particular instance and I, I even said to him, he did it the other night, and you know everything was fine. All of a sudden, he something, something flipped a switch, and you know it's like, hey man, you got to snap out of this. You, you know now you're acting weird again, and 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 yeah, you know the look in his face was, you know, it's like he's probably feeling alone at this point. Like yeah, Damn, yeah. you know, now I'm weird. You know that kind of. So I'm trying to figure out a way to approach this uh, differently. My wife did some. So she was doing some research. She woke up in the middle of the night and started doing some research. And so apparently um, this vomit phobia that's called... That thing. Yeah, it's em- uh, emetophobia is what, what they call it. And apparently it's super... It's like one of the most common things, especially in kids, as opposed to like phobias of spiders and that kind of stuff. It's this particular thing. And... Um, and it can go with you into adulthood, mm. you know. These, so it's it's like an OCD. It's like with these kind of anxiety, right? Disorders. Um, I can see him piecing to, you know, he'll piece together. If I pick him up, uh, he'll remember like the last time that he got sick. It was a Thursday, and you know we were oh, riding shit. back. We were riding back in in the jeep. And then, you know, so like last week I picked him up. It was a Thursday. I picked him up from school, was in the Jeep, and we're, he was totally fine. Then we're starting to ride home. He's like, am I going to be sick? I'm like, why would you think that? And he's, you know, like, well, last time I got sick, that was a Thursday, and we were in the Jeep. And you know what I mean? So he's yeah. piecing all these he, all these things are like. Reminiscent of, know, of the experience. Or any scenario that he yeah, thinks yeah, related to it. Yeah. So I guess. um yeah it's crazy man i I mean have have you tried um have you guys considered like trying to like i mean i don't know if this would work but trying to tell him like the biology of of why the human body vomits we have told him that um i think i think we have to get harder on that at this point and and looking at when we were my wife was doing some research on it some of these things seem to be, uh, you know, like what you just said, seem to be the things to to work on. It's like you have to explain to them that it's not it's not anything bad. It's your body actually doing something good. Purging itself of yeah, something negative. Exactly. Um, and then also, you know, you can't let you can't let the kids avoid stuff based on fear, because right. you know it's like you do. For some of these kids, they were given examples. Like some kids, you can't even say the word vomit or throw up around them they get start to get scared yeah or or, you know they can't even wear the same kind of clothes you know that they had done it before you know just a bunch of different stuff but it's like you can't um and as a parent you know you want you don't want your kids to be stressed out right the natural inclination is to not just to try to do things so that they're not going to get even more stressed out but but what there's what we're reading is that you can't let them avoid things based on based on the fear um and to actually avoid the constant reassurance so what we've been doing is the constant reassurance you know he'll say am i gonna be sick and we'll say no of course not you know that that kind of thing try to make him feel better because he might be sick at some point and and then he's gonna think you guys are liars too (laughs) right well what they're saying what, what i'm what we were reading is um uh it says like any version of the question will this make me throw up should be answered enthusiastically and honestly with, I don't know, <laughs> you know, really? yeah, as opposed to no, it won't, or it's an, I don't know, because we're not their body. We're not them. We don't know if you know, anyone could get sick at any time. Yeah. So, so it's almost like, you know, we have to convey to them, like, I don't know. And then they have to learn how to out. deal with that fear at that point without us letting him avoid eating something, you know, it's like, now nah, you got to eat. I don't know if it's going to make you sick. And then another thing they say is part of this kind of OCD anxiety is the multiple question, you know, asking over and over and over again about that kind of stuff. And then they suggested, this article suggested, 
um, you know, the re- the response after that is already asked, already answered, and then, and that's it. Sounds and you got to let them live with that for a little bit. So um, tough love for a kid, jeez. <laughs> yeah, man. I I mean, it's been um, it's definitely been bothering me for for a minute now. It's, um, it's and, been it's been over a month, I think, at this point, right? Since you brought it up to us. Yeah, I mean, he last when he got sick, that might have been three months ago something like that yeah yeah. and now this is and this happened before another time that he um he had gotten sick coming off a plane one time and then he started getting nervous about when we would fly like am i gonna get sick on the plane and finally he kind of got over that but now now this is resurfacing so i think i guess what my biggest fear is and what I want to try to avoid for him just for thinking long term is like I don't want him to I don't want him to have to deal with, you know, having anxiety issues and having OCD problems to, that are going to limit him from being able to just go out and do things and, you know, live his life and, you know, not being not being scared to go do things because he's got this this misconception in his head that is causing him to get into this state so uh i don't know if you've had to deal with anything like this yourself i i have to start with a disclaimer i don't recommend this approach but this is how i interact with my kids um i i'm i'm really (laughs) the me too police are gonna come after me or some some entity that that exists now (laughs) but like I'm a I'm a very I'm a realist type of person, right? So like for me, I look at things, especially when it comes to my family and myself. I look at it from, unfortunately, more so from a racial lens, right? And so I, I racial racial, yeah. I think you said Rachel's lens. I'm like, who's she? <laughs> that's my that's my neighbor. <laughs> nah. Um, and so so I things like this, for example, um, I say to them like. I try to position it as a sign of weakness, right? And and that, like I said, I don't necessarily recommend Damn. this. I know it's fucked up. It is, um, but I, I do so mildly, right? Not like, yo, you're throwing up all the time. That's a punk move. That's not what I'm saying. Sparta. <laughs> right. I'm saying like, I I try to shake reality or or, or give them a sense, a dose of reality of like how this is going to be perceived. Because I don't want them going out, and maybe this is vomiting is a bad example, but outside of that, like just generally speaking, when they have some sort of sense of anxiety or confusion, or for instance, my daughter, right? She she got an, her first F. I don't know. If, did we talk about this? No. Okay. She got her first F recently. She's historically a a uh, honor roll student, at least in her, you know, more more formative. Uh, stage of her life and she doesn't know what an f is she's never understood or gotten so she this was like the most climactic thing in her life on a test or a whole a whole class on a test on a test and that dropped her average considerably um and she was like defeated the girl was crying unconsolably like she thought she was a, a piece of shit that's how she felt because of that f and I was like, you know, I, I let her kind of tell me what the deal was and how how it came to that, how she believed she got that F. And then I was like, all right, so what are you going to do about it? And then I was like, because you see, everybody that you're in school with, if you go to school looking like this, they're going to get on your case. They're going to clown you. They're probably going to punk you. Like, they, they expect you to be in the lower rung of, you know, everybody else in the school. So are you going to allow that or are you going to rebound? Like, how, how are you going to approach this? So that's kind of the approach I take, generally speaking. Um, I've never encountered, like, this, I'm, as you're saying, as you were speaking, I was like, yo, how would I actually, because this is more, to me, this has a lot more severe health consequences down the road um, than getting an F, right? I think that's a much sim- more simplistic uh anxiety compared to what you're describing because as soon as you started talking about it i'm thinking anorexia could be a byproduct of this bulimia Uh, 
Whatever. And a bulimia? What? I don't know. Whatever. You make yourself throw up? No, because he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't want that. He's scared of that. No, but maybe it flips. You right. Okay. Saying? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Just just an over an overall OCD pattern. For yeah. The future. And that can affect like the mental, right? Yeah. Like that. That's so. I don't even know how I would approach it. I can tell you. Like I, I don't think I would go that route. I wouldn't be like, "Yo, you're gonna look soft out there if you scared about throwing up." Like I, that's not right. the approach. So like, I'm actually really fucking confused. Like <laughs> how I would go about it because this shit is really serious to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like I said, I think if you try the, the like explaining the biology of it and like the how positive it is, like you make it seem like it's such a like a good thing that the body does this. Yeah, but maybe maybe, maybe you don't want to go all the way I, that way I, either. I, I might I might just have to throw up for him one day and show him like I can shake it off and it's no big deal. <laughs> like just so he can see that you know, because I ask him, I'm, you know, he'll start asking, "Am I going to throw up? I'm going to be okay?" I said, I'm, "I say, hey man, what, what's what's the worst that could happen when you throw up?" Was, I throw up. I said, "And do you get better after?" Yeah. Said, so that was the worst. You got to concentrate on getting <laughs> yeah. better after. You know, but it doesn't seem to sink in. Like I can say that over and over and right, over right. again. But is this is this kind of like what you said in the last episode? Is this? Do you think this is one of those things where it's better just to just sit back and listen, and maybe that long, you know, over over time that helps? No, because this one doesn't uh, require listening. This one like requires him. He'll start saying, "Can we talk about something positive?" Like, oh. I need to talk about something positive so I can so we because he's letting he's letting his 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 the negative thoughts run wild in his head mm. and making him scared. And so it's like you have it's like he needs this reassurance. In, in order to, or he's, he's got to be, he's got to be occupied. His mind has to be occupied. If it's not occupied, it's going to go to this, to this space. And then he's going to be scared and start fixating on this kind of thing. Do you think it's, do you think it's the fear of how he feels when he threw up or the fear of how he looked to other people or throwing up in front of people? What do you think is the, is the fear more? I think it's, I think it's how it felt because every time it's, with the exception of the plane and that was that was pretty concealed and it was after we got off the plane and mm-hmm. um but it's always been at home like the big and he hasn't it hasn't he hasn't really thrown up a lot i mean there's maybe three times that i can count that were like like real like all right we got to go get the steam cleaner not counting kids <laughs> you know like toddler throw up no nah, yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> but like you know he had a stomach bug and right you know, fucking chunks everywhere type deal you know my, my son suffers from migraines and the immediate reaction for him is like mild headache and like zooms into throw up like right does never Damn. fails and we actually took him to a neurologist because we were like yo what's going on like we don't understand and, and that's ultimately what it was and this this i mean this isn't the same case but i'm just thinking putting myself in your shoes like my son He'll throw up, he'll feel better, and just keep on going with his day. Like, our, our recourse for him is like, all right, make sure that when you, as soon as you feel a headache, we got to know immediately because right. then you got to pop your whatever, you know, headache medication so that it eliminates the, the vomit aspect. But he's not, he's not he's, afraid he's of He's not it. shook by it. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Damn, yeah. son, that's tough. Yeah, it's it's um it's a head scratcher for real because it it's um like I have you know I have empathy for him and I don't want to see him scared and I don't want to see him feeling that way. Uh, and then on the other side, it becomes frustrating because it's like I just want to reach into his head and like flip that switch back. I'm like, Fix it, come man. on, man! I know you know better. Than yeah. Like I know you know, you know, with as much positive shit as we convey to you and i know you're smart and i know you know that this is the you know that this is not the way to think but i can't you know i'm not him i can't do that and then maybe sorry maybe maybe he'll he'll see a, a, a another kid deal with it and maybe learn from that could be could be yeah i'm just not yeah i, I think um 
I think however we've been dealing with it thus far has not been working. So that's been the reassurance and the talking it through. And then on the flip side, the kind of losing the patience and telling them to snap out of it and stop acting weird. And that didn't feel that didn't feel right either. That, that probably worsened it because as soon yeah, as you said weird, yeah. he was like, "Oh shit, now I'm an oddball." <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, "I'm not going to tell you shit right. anymore." <laughs> you, know? I, you know what? I mean, honestly, like I think you probably have to explore like therapy. It might not even take too many sessions. It's, it's just he just needs kind of like a almost like a, a quick reboot to to kind of yeah. Maybe if it. it's like a professional, it'll be more reassuring to him. Maybe. You know, you just never maybe. know. Maybe like yeah. like Manny said, you maybe it's worth trying it. Yeah, I think we'll try the these these new steps that, that the article uh, we uncovered in some of these articles about just how to you know, and some of them are written by therapists, and they say that this is how they treat they treat this. So I think we'll try that, and then if that's no good, then. Uh, Take it from there. Maybe it is. It, it's a little Maybe reassur- it is therapy. I it's, don't know. I've never a, been to therapy, so but I I guess it I did I did it once, couples therapy in my previous marriage. Yeah. It when you have I your mind you have set right on something. Person, if, it, yeah, it, that's the thing that sucks about and it's also there's the difference if you're going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Yeah. And then it also depends on the person. When I was younger, I I mean I've done it actually a couple of times throughout my life. Um and part of me doesn't like it because you don't want to tell your personal shit to a stranger. Right. But on the flip side, it, it, it vent like being able to vent and talk is very helpful for me personally, though. I would be like, I would want to have a therapist that has to sit down for like three hours. Got a lot of shit to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> right. What sucks is that you're there like getting really into the meat and potatoes of why you're there. And then it's like, oh, sorry, time to go, you yeah. know? <laughs> and it's like, damn, dog. Like, I thought <laughs> you don't care. Get off this couch, bitch. I got to right. gotta reset this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, there's, um, I actually had uncovered this site or actually it was actually through NPR. They had, they were like promoting it. And it's a site that uh, you can get uh, like a subscription for therapy. Oh, is it like you can call you can call them up, right? You can do uh, texting chat, right. uh-huh. you know, that's supposedly like you know like a private chat. Then you can you could talk to them on the phone, or you could do video with them, right. and then they like match you up. Like they ask you like a million questions of you know to try to match you perfectly with somebody that is you know some that you would need, like whatever their specialties are. But um. Anyways, regardless of the therapy stuff, going back to kind of like what you're talking about, uh, one of the things that I've noticed with my daughter that that's kind of changed is her seeing her starting to be like scared of things. And it mm-hmm. makes me scared for her because when she was like super, super young, you know, starting to like explore the world, you know, crawling to walking, she seemed fearless to me. I'm like, oh, man, this kid's going to be fearless. Like she's not scared of anything. Dogs don't scare her. Noises don't scare her. You know, nothing scares her. But then now all of a sudden I'm starting to notice, like, if the Ring app makes a noise, you know, yeah. she, she like, runs to, like, one of us and, like, freaks out. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, don't don't become that now. You know, you're, you're fearless. This, these things, first of all, there's nothing to be scared of, but don't be scared. And that's starting to worry me to see her. I mean, I know it's normal, but it's, you know, it's you're, you're scared or you don't want your child to, to start to develop these fears that are going to inhibit their them living their lives you know yeah Yeah. man it's really um it's it's, i've this is the first time i'm really feeling this kind of it feels it just feels crazy like it's because you don't know if there's anything you can really do Feel powerless yeah yeah and you know that like i said i just want to reach into his head and fucking flip us flip a switch but i can't and so um yeah i don't know i think this is like our first big challenge outside of me and my fear of menstruation but i don't think that's as serious as this is yeah i mean you just just use a tampon manny <laughs> <laughs> i mean have have you guys ever have you guys ever had um any issues with anxiety or anything like that in your own for for your own lives i mean i'm i know for i'm sure that i have and i do uh my mom she has like uh anxiety issues and um what's the panic attacks and stuff like that yeah so i know that i have it but i feel like i've just 
dealt with it in a way where I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify myself as you know as having it. But I, I'm sure. I'm sure we. Everybody has. I think we live in a world where it's like you can't avoid to have anxieties. No, but I mean like uh, like anxiety or a panic Something attack. Very that, specific. Either specific or that actually stopped you in your tracks or was hard to like. Because, you know, we all have anxieties or we get well, nervous about things, I, but then we, we tend to just kind of push through and it's like, yeah. all right, let's, let me push this to the back and keep it moving. I'm I'm not a fan of, like, of uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, public speaking, maybe crowds, yeah. like, you know, big crowds. Like That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. That's I mean, it's, I, I say it's the Gemini in me, but when I was young, so my mom would say that when i was really really young i was super outgoing right yeah Let's say prior to moving to miami prior to my parents having the big like the divorce and all the issues that were very visible and then supposedly when all that went down she says that i started to change and i became like more introverted and like shy and and and, and anxious in that sense so my mom which i Later in life, I made her feel like crap, which I feel bad. I'm like, dude, you, what you did backfired hardcore, man. <laughs> so my mom, because we didn't have money, and that's the other thing. She, she made me kind of not like therapy because she was always like getting like these uh like these universities would have like, I don't know if they had uh, programs where people are going to school to be therapists or psychologists or whatever, and maybe they offered free services or cheap uh, services. Like the guinea pig. Like you would yeah, like type of thing. So, so I was always dealing with some of that stuff. My mom's always because she's all worried that because of everything that happened with the divorce, that I was gonna have all these issues. So, at some point, she found a program or a study that was dealing with, uh, like, like shyness and and public speaking and that type of stuff, like crowds, like people being like kind of shy around crowds. And so she takes me to. I remember. I remember this shit vividly, actually. She takes me to this big ass university. I remember going. They had like a what do you call it? The the mobile classrooms. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer. Yeah, the, the trailers. Yeah. I remember going into a tra trailer. Walk in. It's a, a a class full of people. And here I am, a little kid, walking in, and my I don't even remember my mom staying. I'm sure she didn't go, but in my mind, my mom wasn't there anymore. All of a sudden, I'm just there with like a teacher type of person, mm -hmm. and they're running me through all these exercises in front of this big group of people, of strangers. And part of it was like they had a ladder, and I remember like go up the ladder, go down the ladder, stand at the top, like at you know near the top of the ladder. And I and I just remember being terrified. And I just know that whatever my mom was trying to help me with. Completely backfired after that. Like I'm like, if anything, I'm PTSD from this <laughs> shit. You know. So, and you think it's because that person was call it junior in in what they were doing? Eh? No, like you said, because you said this was like. No, I think this was actually not even like a. I think this was actually a study being done by a university. Oh, got it. That they were trying to tackle this stuff. You know. And so they had like, you know, they, when they do studies, they're like, come and you could potentially get help and maybe they pay you. I don't know. You yeah, know, I don't yeah, know what, yeah. what the hell. Almost like but, surveys. Um, but, but, but again, going back to what your original question is, I feel like I, I've dealt with anxiety and different things when it comes to that type of stuff. And that's the reason why I actually specifically uh, got into music, because I remember one of the things that I did um, in the early on is that I was asked to go on stage and introduce this group that I was kind of like interning for, uh, this local group, they were opening up for Redman. Mm. And, uh, this was like, was it Redman? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Redman. It was like 90, no, was it? I don't know if it was Redman, but it was someone big. It was like 91. <laughs> oh, okay. And I was maybe like 17, 16, 17. I had never, never done anything publicly like that, you know, like, uh, like public, like that on a stage or anything like that. So in my mind, I'm like, that would be the last thing I would ever do in my mind. So then I was asked, yo, we need you to go on stage and introduce us, you know, to the audience before we come out. And in my head, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. but, in, but the other side of me who has a drive and I want to get involved in, 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 in the music industry and hip hop, 
I'm like, and I can't show these guys that I'm nervous about this. I just got to truck through this. I just got to do it. And then I remember that I had all the fears in the world leading right up to it. But the minute I walked on the stage and the minute I had the mic, all that was gone. And then that's why I was like, I think this is this is for me. This is the game. This is what I'm built for. You know? So le- leading up to it, you were like panicked. But as soon as that moment hit, you were fine. Yeah. So what I personally learned in all of this anxiety stuff that I feel like I deal with and I think a lot of people deal with is that it's really more the anticipation of something that you're worried about or scared of or, or that you might have to do or deal with versus the actual dealing with it. And so what I've always done is like self uh, giving me self therapy mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm like dueling like listen dickhead you already went you already know that nothing happens and you do this and you do that you just do that and nothing happens bro you're actually ah, dumb shit you're an idiot i'm probably doing the manny what you do to your kids like, <laughs> to yourself. in my mind to myself because <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is i i know exactly what you're talking about because i do the same exact thing to myself yeah all and, the then, time. And, and and what happens with life experience this is what this is where i think kids don't have the luxury of because kids don't have a lot of experience mm-hmm so what happens is as you mature and you, or you go through life and you and and you know the more experiences you put you expose yourself to you can always think back to these experiences that you survived and you're like listen dude you did this you did that you did this you did that you did this you did that this ain't shit this ain't keep it moving this is going to be gone today you'll do it and that hour will pass and then you'll be waking up and shitting the next morning and that had already passed right <laughs> And but kids, you know, kids to them, like we've talked before, everything to them that for us is small to them is huge, you know? Yeah. Right. They don't have a lot of uh, comparison situations. Yeah. And it's only the parents saying, no, it's nothing. So that doesn't even really help because we're looking at it from an adult point of view and they're looking at it from a kid point of view. Yeah. Right. You, Manny, do you, you, you anxious? Got problems? Besides menstruation, <laughs> yeah, well, menstruation for sure. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I mean, I've had moments of it, but it's not something that is consistent. Like, if I if I had to pick up, and I I share this with like kids that I talk to or what have you, because to me it's kind of like a an example of like where you think failure has eliminated every opportunity for you and in reality it's been the biggest teacher and helped you grow kind of the opposite effect um so when i first started in in the digital marketing or digital media space i was an account manager at a company and it was my job to basically set up an advertising campaign so i got all the assets and i was supposed to plug them in and and kind of make the campaign go and in the digital ad space, you work on CPMs. So if you don't know, I'm sorry if I'm boring you. But basically, I it's a dollar amount. So it's, I put the decimal basically in the wrong place. So if it was $10, I put $100, right? Um, and so the campaign was running at $100 Holy in, shit. instead of $10, right? <laughs> um, and so basically what that meant at the end of it all was I cost the company I work for thirty grand. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. So I caught it myself. I, I realized it. I fixed it immediately. This was after like a week, I want to say, or so. Um, And then I was like, yo, what the fuck do I do? Mind you, this is like my first, like, I wouldn't call it a dream job, but like my first job that I really wanted, right? Like, this is, this is like... The shit that I was like, yo, this is me. I, I could I could see myself going long, you know, far in this in this career path. And then like I don't it was early too. It was like two months in, some shit like that. And so I, I find the issue, I, I fix it, I go to my boss and I'm like, yo, I just realized that I did this and I explained the whole scenario to her. And and she was kind of like, and then? And then like, you know, trying to get all the details. And she was like, all right, go go back to your post. Like, uh, I'll let you know what, what happens. And I'm already, I'm like, yo, if I cost anybody $10, I'm getting fired. 30 grand? Oh, it's a wrap. So I'm already mentally, that's when the anxiety really set in. I was like, yo, this is over. Like, I'm, I, I guess I should just play it cool because I don't want to leave here looking like a fucking lunatic. So 
whatever, a few minutes passed, like half hour passes, and I'm there just like trying to find other shit to do, make sure I didn't fuck anything else up. And then my boss comes to me. She pulls the CEO of the company and like another person. And we sit in a room. And then the CEO's like, yo, so walk me through what happened. And I tell him step by step everything I did, where I fucked up. And he's like, and and that's everything? And I was like, yeah. And I'm, you know, super apologetic. I'm like, yo, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe I fucking even did this shit. And he's like, all right, but you learned? Like, you understand what you did? And I was like, yeah, no, totally. I, and I repeated it again. And he was like, that sh- shouldn't happen again, right? And I was like, nah, never, ever. And he was like. All right, cool. So go back to your post and do better. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> now, contextually speaking, you got a kid from the Bronx that's never really held a corporate job before or what, what at that time was a corporate job. So I was like, this is what forgiveness feels like? And immediately, like, that anxiety just fucking obviously dissipated. And, yo, I was, like, a rock star after that. Like, I just fucking killed and everything. I I felt like I owned the company after that experience. Like, I did everything I possibly could to make them win. And I learned a valuable lesson from that moment. I was like, yo, it, even, you know, technically I lost them 30 grand, but I made them probably a million dollars. Right. You feel indebted to them and you wanted to make it up. Yeah. So, and like. then some. Right. So that that, you know, goodwill that they extended to me has carried me through a career, a career worth of opportunity simply because somebody decided this 30 grand is I can I can eat this 30 grand as a company and flip it as a lesson for this individual that will likely pay dividends for my company and him, you know, later on. So that's so, that's that's the one like really big anxiety moment I can I can think of. But as it pertains to the anxiety itself, I guess after having that experience and knowing that the outcome doesn't always have to be bad, right? Did or that did, did that just kind of kill future anxiety for you? Just because you saw it as it, 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 even if something could be a big deal, you won't know if it's going to be a big deal until it actually happens. So it, it what it did for me was it allowed me to kind of. Um, what's the word? Uh, make future anxiety, put future anxieties, make them more realistic. Into versus, perspective. Yeah, like it. It. I guess. I guess what I'm saying is it limited the anxiety for future anxieties. Got if it. That, if that makes sense. Like I was able to very quickly, you know, to this day, I'm able to take something that might take my anxiety level from five to a hundred maybe it'll fall somewhere around 25. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so gotcha. it, that, that one experience I attribute to kind of a life, a lifelong opportunity to kind of really make those anxieties kind of level down some. Yeah. Yeah. So long winded way of lesson. saying, no, that's a good lesson. I've been through some shit, but it worked out. So can I, can I ask about a question about TikTok? Y'all know TikTok, right? Yeah, yes. it makes me anxious. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that because um, my daughter, my 12-year-old, she's going to be 13 soon. She, is, she and all of her friends are heavy into TikTok. Like this shit, and we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, but, but if you take... Um, Take you know fad dances from back in the day, right? Like, I don't know the, WAP, the Running Man, the Running Man, yeah. Right. These you take these things and you basically create one of those every week, right? And you broadcast that out. So what happens is these influencers are now the go-to's for dance instruction based on I call them new beats that surface. Right, so somebody produces a track, call it, and these influencers get hold of it, and then they start choreographing moves to them. They push them out on TikTok, and a fucking legion of kids now 
imitate those dances. Learn this them. This is one thing popping on TikTok. One yeah, w- yeah, one one thing, one thing. Right. There's many things that TikTok does, but this is the one thing that's affecting my life right now, causing me fucking anxiety. Um, so so they learn these dances, and then you see these kids in rhythm doing all this shit everywhere. Like I, my 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 daughter, she went to a, a bar mitzvah not that long ago, and she's and I asked her like, so what do y'all do there? And she's like, we we do TikTok dances. Like matter of factly, like, what else would you be doing? <laughs> right. Now I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And she walks me through and she's like, Well, first we'll probably start off by like we'll be in our phones doing TikTok dances. And I was like, I don't I, I can't go in a phone. I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. And she's like, No, like we'll be looking at the phone, uh recording ourselves doing TikTok dances. And I was like, each individual across that party would be doing that and she was like yeah for the most part and then i was like okay that's whack and then what do you do and then she's like and then we'll put the phones down and then we'll be tiktoking to the music that's playing and i was like all i can think of was like you remember that janet jackson rhythm nation video yeah that's what it in my mind that's what i imagined immediately it's like everybody perfectly choreographed marching to some fucking choreographed dance and and it fucks with me because she like we can be anywhere. Matter she was playing in a fucking basketball game the other day, and there was a stop in the game. She's on the court and she's TikTok dancing before like the next play starts. Stop calling it TikTok dance. That's what they call it, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, that's but let it. me let me ask you something real quick, both of you guys. This to me is starting to feel. These apps are starting to feel as, like. Like drugs. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Straight up like drugs. And 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 I'm not saying that lightly because, like, I got put on the TikTok, you know, a, a little while ago. And me feeling that it's my job because of marketing and, and entertainment mm-hmm. to be aware of these apps and to use them and make sure I'm ahead of the curve when it comes to these apps. And I downloaded the app and I, I, I grabbed the, the, the handles I wanted to grab. And then I just said to myself, no, fuck this shit, bro. And I deleted the app. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, and, and it seems not like every generation, it's like, it's like how they, you know, they, they just say no to drugs. And if they did the, the, the pusher comes feed, to the kid. man, it's the yeah, feed. It's the kids, you know. But my thing is like, what the fuck are they doing on TikTok that they can't already do on Instagram, that they can't already do on Snapchat, that they couldn't do on that other app that got bought and went away quick? Um... Like or on Facebook or wherever the fuck, or just fucking texting themselves the videos, because they can do that now too. Well, I, like, I, I read an article not too long ago where this this, this I don't know, I forget who it was or where it was from, but it was the, like the headline. It was something about like, you know, now I understand why TikTok is like a drug, <laughs> something like something <laughs> to that effect. <laughs> and it was <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it was just about like this person's experience downloading tiktok and then wondering what the what was it was all about and then getting sucked into the feed and just you know next thing they knew an hour or two had gone you by mentioned and, this i think on and, and, one of the last episodes i think did i i don't no, know i swear i heard you say this I but it was this whole thing too, like yeah. you know she or he felt addicted to it without even knowing it and it was comparing it to you know that want of another drink or a drug or whatever and and you got to figure that it's like that with all like the feeds right everyone is just sucked into to the feed did you know did i get a comment did my shit get liked what else is new is being posted you know what is so-and-so doing blah 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 And, and um yeah man I hate it. I hate it, but at the same time, like in particular, like you know, we're we're trying to disseminate a message on this podcast with what we do. The medium for that right now is social media, so you you have to play in that space. Yeah, but it's oh, I hate it. I don't know, man. I just uh, but again, going back to being an adult and having experience, and then children. I think. And this is, and I'm posing this kind of like a question, but this is my belief: is that these apps are uh, be, are addictive to these kids, 
and our kids are our users. And then these these tech companies have learned how to uh, market to these kids and to to make and also they're marketing to the kids. We've got to think about another thing to influence them to feel that they're up on something that their parents aren't mm-hmm. and their parents aren't cool because they're not using it. And that's why they're saying, yeah, I'm TikToking, TikTok. And really, I want to tell this kid, you're a fucking chump. You're an idiot. You're, you're a, a robot. Fucking, yeah. Like you, you don't have your own personality. Yeah. Because TikTok for us or or anything for us, snap, snapping for us was you had to fucking go see people and, and the word had to get out that, oh, shit, he did some cool ass shit and you missed it and you wasn't there at the party. You're bad, you know, <laughs> or you got the picture and look, it's there. It's, it doesn't move. Yeah, but that that whole, you know, the, the fear of missing out of a live event or some sort of exclusive type of function, that's just gone. Like th- there's no such thing right. anymore. Well, look, we can also, from a, an adult perspective, and, and this, again, this is not every adult because there's plenty right. of adults that are totally addicted to social media. Yeah, it's, is it, actually, is yeah. it, it's not to say that, well, I know you're not, Kay. It's not to say that me and Manny aren't addicted to different apps that we use. Sure, we are. Well, what I, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is at least even even if you are, we can at least have this conversation and you can you can kind of step outside of yourself and say, well, damn, you know. I'm I'm probably using this way too much, or I understand that I am in it and I am using it, but I also, you know what I mean. You can you can you can have a kind of pros and cons uh, right. thought about it. Whereas for kids, for the most part, you know, once they're in it, they're just sucked into it, and they're not going to be able to step outside of themselves and say, well, maybe should I not spend this much time on this one, or you know that right. kind of thing. Like one of the things that pisses me off. Is whenever I hear an adult, like give that's my dog. If you're hearing somebody <laughs> crying, a dog wants to get in and is crying outside my door. Adults giving into the notion that they that they're hip to the game and they're cool and they're not old because they're down with the youth and they know these things or they use these things. I think that's fucking lame, you know. And and I think it gives. It's almost like. The adult is immature and is giving into the same marketing that's being marketed to the kids, where you know, where now these kids are like, ah, you're you're too old, you don't know about this stuff. I don't know. I just think in the end, like, where humanity is completely fucked in the end. That's that's my moral of the story. I think that's a good way to end things. <laughs> <laughs> I got to jump soon to go get. I got to do something on TikTok. Get some dancing. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Got a fist pump on t- on TikTok. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Be wheezy. Later. Peace. Peace.